there's kind of, I think this misconception in the world that, that, uh, speaking for free is a bad thing. Uh, but speaking for free is okay. Caveat. As long as you know why you're doing it. You're listening to the authority builder podcast. I'm Steve Gordon. For the first five years, this podcast was known as the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. The episode you're about to hear uses that name, but don't worry, you're in the right place. Same great content, new name. Enjoy. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we got uh, just an incredible interview and an amazing guest, and uh, you're going to want to sit down and buckle up for this one. It's going to be good. Today, I'm talking with Grant Baldwin, and he is the founder and CEO of The Speaker Lab. He has helped thousands of people build successful and sustainable speaking businesses. Over the last 15 years, Grant has become um, and really is a sought-after speaker, a podcaster, uh, an author, and just an amazing entrepreneur. He's been featured on the Inc. 5000 list, Forbes Entrepreneur, The Huffington Post, you name it, and people are noticing. And uh, really excited that he's decided to uh, come in and invest some time with us today and talk with us about using speaking to grow your business. So Grant, thank you so much for being here. And uh, I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate you letting me hang out with you, man. This is going to be enjoyable. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So... um, you know, I, I always like to go a little bit beyond the bio. Um, how did you get to this point where, you know, you're really helping others learn how to become speakers? Yeah. So if we go way back in time, um, in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor really had a big impact in my life. And, uh, so for a while I was kind of on that track. I was like, I want to do that. Like that seemed like a cool gig. And, and I, I kind of felt like, you know, if, if I could make the kind of difference in others' lives that he made in mine, like that seems like a life worth living. And so, uh, I actually went to Bible college. I was a youth pastor at a, a different local church for a little while. And as a youth pastor, it gave me a lot of opportunities to speak. And speaking was one of those things I, I felt like I was decent at. I wanted to do more of, but I just wasn't really sure, like, how does this world work? And, and maybe for a lot of people who are watching, listening, they're kind of in a similar spot. You've done some speaking before, you enjoy it, you want to do more, but you're trying to figure out like, who hires speakers? And what do you speak about? And how much do you charge? And like, how does this mysterious industry work? And so that's really where I was at. And so about 16, 17 years ago, at the time, there wasn't a lot of great resources on the speaking industry. So there weren't really the, the books or podcasts or training programs that exist today. And so I found myself just kind of emailing, stalking other speakers, just harassing them, peppering them with questions, just, you know, can I pick your brain type crap and learned a few things. And, and eventually was able to book a few gigs here and there. Uh, and, 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 Fast forward over the next several years, uh, I booked more gigs and more gigs and got to a point where I was doing about 60, 70 gigs a year. Uh, and then I had a lot of people who were asking me like, hey, I want to be a speaker. How would I go about doing that? And so we started doing some, some teaching, coaching, training around that. And that's really evolved into what we do today with the Speaker Lab. So we we teach and train uh, speakers at all different levels, all different industries, all different ages and skill sets and, and geographical locations. We've worked with uh, students in every U.S. state and 49 different countries and basically teaching the ins and outs of the, the speaking industry. So yeah, that's been a, I've been in the speaking industry pretty much my my entire career. And it's a, it's a good industry to be in. That's awesome. So, um, you know, the the elephant in the room is we've just been through a two year period where a lot of events got canceled. And yeah. I know that that was tough for a lot of speakers, but uh, but I know that speaking didn't end. So talk a little mm-hmm. bit about how things maybe have evolved now as we're, we go into the future from, you know, 2022 and on. What do you see the opportunity as for speakers going forward? 
Yeah. In fact, there are massive opportunities and, and this is going to sound crazy, but the pandemic has been one of the best possible things to happen to the speaking industry. And, and what I mean by that is pre-pandemic, um, virtual speaking wasn't really a thing and it wasn't anything that event planners took seriously. It wasn't anything that speakers really incorporated into what they were offering. And then the pandemic hits and all of a sudden, like you said, all live events basically just come to a screeching halt. And I know, uh, you know, for myself and, and so many in the speaking industry, you know, February, March, April, 2020, was just kind of like, well, <laughs> crap, what do, we, what do we do now? Like this is, this is really bad. And a lot of scrambling, a lot of panic and a lot, a lot of sleepless nights, but quickly everyone realized like, okay, let's, we can do this virtually. And uh, what's been cool is that when the pandemic hit, you know, live events go away, virtual events show up on the scene. And now that we're, you know, a couple years later, a couple years um, past the, the pandemic, it's not that live events have come back in replacement of, of uh, virtual events, but they've come back in addition to. And so now you, you have a lot more opportunity that exist where you have a lot of speakers who are able to offer uh, in-person events, speakers who are able to offer virtual, a lot of opportunities to offer more of a hybrid type of option as well, where maybe you're, and this can look a couple of different ways, but maybe you're speaking in person, but it may be broadcast or telecast out to a virtual audience as well. The other thing that we're seeing right now that's worked really well is speakers who are able to go speak in an event and then maybe incorporate some virtual options later. So whereas before a lot of speakers may just come in, they do a keynote or a workshop and then they leave. Now it may be, hey, let me come in and do a keynote. And then let's say for the next six months, let me do a once a month follow-up via Zoom for two or three hours. And let's help help your team or, or company or organization implement what we talked about in the original, you know, kickoff session. And so now it takes, you know, one talk with one client and turns it into a series of presentations over the course of a couple months, which increases the implementation and the value that, that a speaker is able to offer a company or organization or group, but it also increases the, the, the price that that speaker can charge for what it is that they're doing. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a, a crazy couple of years, but the uh, net net of it all is that the pandemic's actually been really good because it's allowed virtual speaking to really enter the industry. Yeah, that's it's been so fun to watch that for the the people that we work with that that do a lot of speaking, and and see that transition because I think you're you're absolutely right. The the, the opportunities have actually multiplied now yeah. for speaking, and for a lot of people, it's now accessible when maybe it wasn't. You know, we've got four kids mm-hmm. for for a while. I was like, you know, I don't I, I've done it a lot, but I don't want to be on a plane all yeah. the time. But now I don't have to do that. I can, you know, I do, you know, keynotes and and training sessions and all that all over the place and and can do it right here from uh, from Zoom. So it's it's really effective. Yeah, and uh, to to piggyback on that for a second, I think that that's one of the great things about speaking is it is you it can be what you want it to be and what makes sense mm-hmm. for you and kind of where you're at in stage of life, or your career, or your business, or family, or whatever it may be. So there may be some people who are watching or listening, like, hey, I, w- I would love to do a hundred speaking gigs a year and be on the road all the time, and that sounds amazing. And like that's a viable option. There's a lot of speakers that do that, and other other people who may be like, I, I don't want to do that, I, but I would love to do five or ten gigs a year, and I'd prefer for them to be virtual or maybe a few in person, but they need to be, you know, within a reasonable, you know, regional drive of, of where I'm at. And again, like you get to design the rules of the game for what makes sense for you. And that can evolve and change over time, but just know that, that wherever you're at in your speaking journey, like you have the flexibility to incorporate it in a way that makes sense for you. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think when I think about speaking, I, I often think there are a couple of different tracks. There's sort of the track for that business owner who really wants to grow their business and they know that the best way to do that is to get in front of an audience. And then you've got the track for the the person who really wants to make the speaking part their business. Um, 
for that business owner that's thinking about it, they're not going to be maybe a full-time speaker, um, but maybe they like to get paid to do it. You know, maybe they've got some really mm-hmm. breakthrough ideas that that would warrant somebody bringing them in for a keynote. How do you begin to advise them if they're just starting out? What should they be doing, you know, at the beginning of that process? And how should they be thinking about what the maybe the first year or two looks like? Yeah. And you may, again, you make a great point there that uh, there are going to be people who their primary goal with speaking is I want to go speak. I want to click the check. And that's kind of the end of the transaction. And that's fine. That's That was the majority of my career. There's also a lot of speakers who go speak primarily for legion or to you know network or for some of the other ancillary benefits that come with speaking. And so the way that they may generate the revenue um, comes from you know offering some type of product or service on the back end. So for example, there's a, a client we worked with who they were going to do, they were doing something like 30, 40 speaking engagements a year, but the majority of these were free engagements. So on paper, you're kind of like, well, you know, what's the point? Or that doesn't make sense or you're losing money. But uh, they would do all these speaking engagements uh, as lead generation for their coaching business. And so they were generating multiple six figures a year in their coaching business. But the whole thing was built upon speaking for free at the right type of events. And so it's really, really important for anybody who, especially if you're, you're just getting started or you're trying to get some clarity around this. We, we teach a, a, a five-step uh, process called the SPEAK framework. It, it uh, makes the acronym SPEAK, S-P-E-A-K. And so the first part of the process is S, select a problem to solve. And this comes down to, to three key questions that you want to answer. One is, uh, who do you speak to? Number two is, what problem do you solve for that audience? And then number three is, where do those people gather? And so when we start with that first question of who is it that you speak to, this is a, a very difficult challenge for a lot of speakers because we, we find that we want to spread the net as far and wide as possible. And so who do I speak to? I, I, I don't know. I speak to humans. I speak to people. My message is for everybody. And we both know like if it's for everybody, it's really for nobody at the same time. And so the more specialized you can be, the easier it is to actually find the right type of clients. And the same thing is true whenever it comes to what problem that you solve. And so there are speakers who say, well, what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. I can speak about you know, business or marketing or advertising or entrepreneurship or, or fitness or health or nutrition, like on and on the list goes. And even if you know something about these various things, it doesn't mean that you want to try to position yourself as, a, as an authority on all those things. So the way we like to think about it is you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet the steakhouse and not the buffet. Meaning, Steve, if you and I were looking for a good steak, like we have a choice, we could go to a buffet where steak is one of a hundred different things that they offer and they're all mediocre, or we could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really well. So they don't do pasta, they don't do seafood, they don't do cupcakes, like they do steak. That's it. And so if you're looking for, if you're a vegetarian, you're probably not going to go there. If you're looking for tacos, you're not going to go there. But if you're looking for steak, you know exactly who you are targeting and who is not ideal fit for your restaurant. So who do you speak to? What problem do you solve? And then where do those people gather? And so I know for you, Steve, a lot of people that are watching and listening are service providers, maybe doctors, attorneys, uh, realtors, um, uh, service-based professionals who may be looking to use speaking as a way to grow their business. And so a question I would have then is again, where do those people gather that the, the, your common customers or your clients, like where are those people? What are the groups, the associations, the gatherings? What are kind of the common industries that they're a part of that you might be a fit for to speak at? And that could be something you know locally or regionally or even on a, on a national level. And so again, you have to kind of begin with the end in mind is what's the goal for you with speaking? Because that will kind of inform and determine you know your, your answers to, to some of these questions of what makes the most sense for you. Yeah, I, I I love that you start there, and and we tell all of our clients, you no matter really what you want to do, you've got to start at that place of understanding who you're trying to be in front of, and um, and get focused. And that's a I, I tell you, that's a more challenging 
decision for most business owners to make than it probably should be. But everybody is afraid to to let go because you feel like I'm going to miss out on opportunity. FOMO kind of kicks in. Totally. So, well, let, yeah. me, let me give you a quick another uh, a quick example on this. So let's let's imagine that that uh, God forbid one of us had some type of brain issue. Okay, and so we need to go to the doctor, and we have a choice. We could go to our local family medical doctor. They are a, a medical professional. They went to med school. They uh, they know more about the brain or the the body than you or I do. They uh, probably have even done some surgeries before, but maybe haven't done any brain surgery. Like you have a choice. You could go to that doctor, or you could go to a brain surgeon where day in and day out, this is all that they do. If you have a broken arm, you don't go to that doctor. If you've got a bad hip, you don't go to that doctor. If you've got COVID, you don't go to that doctor. But if you've got a brain issue, that's who you go to. And they are really, really good at one thing. And so in that situation, we all understand, I'm not looking for the generalist. I'm looking for the specialist that is really good at one specific thing. And again, it's just, it's counterintuitive. And again, we feel the need to spread the net as far and wide as possible. But what about all these other things that I could potentially speak about? You know, again, I know that you work with a, a uh, a lot of attorneys. And so we understand this from a legal standpoint. If they say, what, what type of law do you practice? Well, any type of law, you know, if you need a, a divorce attorney or real estate or a patent attorney, or, a, you know, you're suing someone or malpractice or what, like on and on. It's just like, do you really know something about all of these things? And you're maybe mediocre at best at all of these things versus like, no, no, I practice this one very, very specific type of law. And so if you're looking for any other help, I'm happy to point you in the right direction. But if you need help on this, I am the go-to person on that. And so we all understand that. Uh, and so we have to adapt to that mindset for our own speaking business and who we're targeting. Yeah, for sure. So how do we find where they gather? I mean, are there lists? Are there places we can go to find events by industry or things like that? How do you help people kind of guide them to to find the right venue to be in? Yeah. So uh, a lot of people have probably done some some speaking, you know, here or there and just done maybe been invited for a few things before. And what we tend to see with a lot of the, the clients that we work with is, is they've done some speaking and it's just kind of been some like random stuff that's fallen in their lap. And I was word of mouth and kind of invited here or there. And it's great when that happens, but it, it's hard to do a lot of that and for that to be repeatable or sustainable or predictable. And so when we talk about, you know, where do those people gather, then again, we kind of have to begin with the end of mind of, of, what are the, those natural associations or groups or gatherings, what are those trade shows, those conventions, the, where those people would be? So let's say, for example, um, uh, let's say you are a, a veterinarian, okay? And you want to be speaking to other veterinarians, right? Maybe there's some type of specialty that you have and working with, with animals or pets. And, and so you want to share that with other veterinarians. Well, there's going to be a natural gathering of veterinarians that exist, whether, whether that's, again, associations or trade groups, or, and both on a local level, on a regional, on a national level. There's going to be various groups of veterinarians that may gather together. And that's the same with any type of industry or any type of space. And so when uh, those events happen, oftentimes they are bringing in some type of outside speaker, you know, so you're not trying to the, the veterinarians, the national veterinarians association or whatever the group may be, you're not trying to convince them to hire a speaker. They're already planning on hiring a speaker and they're probably going to bring in multiple speakers and probably multiple opportunities throughout the course of a year. You're able to have conversations with them about why you are a good fit and how you can solve a problem for their audience. So let me give an example of this. When I was in high school, I remember that one of my favorite days of the year was a snow day. Now I know that Steve, you're down in Tallahassee, so you may not know what a snow day is, but uh, we, we, we got one snow. about two years ago. Yeah, okay, we got one. Right. 
when when you when you get enough snow and it just shuts down school for the day, which you know as a teenager you're just like this is the best thing ever and so one of the things that was great about it not only in terms of getting out of school but i remember a, a friend of mine and i would always go to a the, the rich neighborhood across town and we would shovel driveways and, and the reason that we uh this worked was we would show up and we would just kind of go door to door and say, hey, listen, there's a problem that exists in your driveway. And for the right price, we can make that problem go away. We're not trying to convince them that they have a problem. They they already know, they realize they have a problem. So in the same way that for an event planner, you're not trying to convince them to hire a speaker. They're already planning on hiring a speaker. You're just talking to them about why you are a good fit. Now, the mistake here that speakers make sometimes is just kind of, um, okay, I'm clear on who I speak to, what problem I solve. And now I just, I'm, I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna wait for the phone to ring. And I'm going to hope people magically find out about me, or maybe I'm going to post something about it on social media. And then all of a sudden these inquiries are going to come pouring in. And it just doesn't work like that. Like speaking is, is building a speaking business, whether you want to do a few gigs or a lot of gigs is no different than building any other type of business. It, it's much more, uh, it's very much a momentum business. And uh, I've heard it said that before that the more you speak, the more you speak, meaning that when you speak, it may lead to some word of mouth and some referral and some repeat and someone in the audience sees you and the event planner recommends you to someone else. And you get a lot of that, but you, you have to do some work in the beginning to uh, build that momentum in the same way that let's go back to if you're an attorney, when you're first starting your law firm, just because you, you know, you put a, a an ad up or something doesn't mean like all of a sudden inquiries are going to come flooding in for you or clients are going to start pouring in. Like you got to do a little bit of work there to get the momentum going. And then it can, over time, it can become a bit of a self-sustaining flywheel. Um, but again, you've got to do a little bit of work there of reaching out, uh, and pro prospecting, talking with some potential clients, following up and just having like a good system in place to be able to do that. Absolutely. I, I in fact, when I think about speaking as a business, it, it, it almost seems, it seems a little intimidating, frankly, because you've got to get picked by, uh, what feels like a limited number of events. Now you may tell me that that's not really the case, but from the outside perception, it just always has seemed like, wow, that's got to be a really challenging, daunting thing. So I'm sure you make it really easy though. So, yeah, I think that, that, uh, again, outside looking in, it may seem like, well, there's, you know, there's a dozen events and that's it. But the reality is, is like, there's, there's thousands of events that take place all over the world on any given day on any different industry. I mean, there are just tons and tons and tons of events. And so, uh, I think this is one thing that, uh, whenever we work with, with our clients that they, they quickly realize like, wow, there's a ton of opportunities that, that exist on all different topics, you know? So let's go back to the veterinarian example. You know, if we're just, there's probably multiple different, you know, national veterinarian associations and all kind of like variations of, of similar groups. And within that, most of them are going to have some type of state level association that are, it's going to have maybe one or two meetings a year as well. Uh, some of them are going to have local chapters or regional meetings as well. So you may just have one association that may have, you know, a hundred or a couple hundred events, just that one particular association for that one particular group all throughout the, all throughout the, the, the country on, uh, throughout the year. So there's just, there's a lot more opportunity than people may realize. And again, when, when we're, we're thinking about from a speaking perspective, there's no speaker that wants to do 365 dates a year. So, you know, for, for some people who are watching or listening, you may be going like, I, I'm just looking to get 10 or 20 or 30 gigs. Uh, and out of thousands and thousands and thousands of opportunities, those 10, 20, 30, uh, absolutely do exist um, but they don't they don't know that you exist if you're if you're just going to exist in a vacuum and just say hey, I, you know i have a website up and now i hope people are magically going to find out about me uh, and so there are absolutely uh, a lot of opportunities that exist for speakers
Yeah. So you mentioned earlier getting that person who's kind of doing the the speaker selection, getting that speaker coordinator, um, and getting them in conversation. What are some of the ways that you know your your students, your clients, get to that point where they're actually having a conversation and being considered for an event? Yeah. So one of the things that we actually do uh, with our students is we actually provide them with leads. Now, we the way we always frame it is we don't catch fish for you. We teach you how to fish. But, hey, we're going to put the worm on the uh, on the hook there to kind of get you going. And so we, we provide a certain number of leads to help them get going and kind of know, you know, here's what you're looking for. Now, we also do that. You know, so you mentioned like you're in the Florida area in Tallahassee. And so if you said, hey, I want to speak to I want to speak to bankers in Florida. Awesome. Well, now we know what we're looking for versus if we again, if we go back to the um, that selecting a problem to solve and who do you speak to? If you, if you say, well, I, I, I want to speak to anybody and everybody and my message, you know, is for humans, like, well, then you don't really know what you're looking for. But when you narrow that down and you're clear of this is who I'm speaking to and this is the problem mm-hmm. that I solve, it becomes a lot easier to know what you're looking for and how to find that. And this is true with anything. It, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you're going on a, a taking your, your your spouse out for a date and you uh, you say, what, you know, what what sounds good? Where do you want to eat? I, I don't know. OK, let's start narrowing it down. Do you want Mexican? Nah, we had Mexican the other night. I don't want that. OK, do you want pizza? Nah, I'm tired of pizza. Do you want, um, you know, do you want a steakhouse? Yeah, steak sounds decent. OK, do you, you know, and then we can start to kind of narrow it down versus like, I just I just want to go find food, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we start to to get clear on what it is that we're looking for, then we know how to reach or who to best reach out to. Now, in the process of actually like prospecting and reaching out, I think one of the best ways to go about doing this is is email. Uh, uh, LinkedIn is also very effective. Uh, and whenever you're making kind of an initial outreach there, what we're trying to do is 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 kind of get their attention uh, at the event planner, the decision maker, kind of cut through the noise that they may have, and make it make a um, a simple question that's really 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 easy. For them to reply to. Okay. So in that initial email, like you're not going to send some 54 paragraph email about why you're so awesome. And here's the 15 different things that you speak on. And here's your life story. Like nobody's going to read that. Right. Uh, so one of the things I always like to do is uh, if I'm emailing an event planner, an event coordinator, decision maker of some kind, uh, I want to ask about a specific event, not like, hey, if you ever hire a speaker, I hope you think of me, but I've done my homework, I've done my due diligence, and I see that they are planning on hiring a speaker or they, they uh, have an event every February. And this is something that I can see the past couple of years that they have hired speakers for. And so I will reach out to that event planner and literally just within a couple lines, I might just, I'm wondering, uh, when will you start reviewing speakers for your February XYZ conference, right? That's a really simple thing to reply to. I'm not asking for a sale. I'm not asking to, you know, hey, can we have a conversation or anything? I'm like, hey, when will you start reviewing speakers for this event? Because when whenever it comes to uh, planning an event, there are hundreds, if not thousands of moving pieces that may be involved in the planning process, which is also one of the things that makes virtual speaking nice is for the most part, it's just like, we have the link and that's it, right? Whereas an in-person event, there, you know, there's the venue and the AV and registration and getting everybody there and the lodging and logistics. And like, there's just a lot more moving pieces that go into it. And so there may be, you know, over the course of, let's say several months or a year planning an event, there may just be kind of a couple week period where they're reviewing speakers. And so I want to know what that period is where they're going to be reviewing speakers so I can make sure that I, I get on their radar then. Uh, and I think that the important part here where a lot of speakers drop the ball and 
as once you reach out, once you make some type of connection or contact there is to follow up with them. And so if you, you know, if we reach out and they say, we're going to start reviewing speakers in, in February or rather in, in October for our, our February event, then I always want to ask, Hey, is it okay if I follow up with you in October? And they're going to, of course, they're going to be like, sure. Why do they say that? because they don't think any of us are gonna actually do it. And so whenever I follow up with them in October and say, hey, we touched base a couple of months ago about your February event, you mentioned it was okay if I followed up with you now, I just wanna see if you're still planning on reviewing speakers around now for your event. Oh yeah, that, that would be awesome. Because one thing that's important to remember, and this is true for any service provider, is part of what they're hiring you for is to do a great job on stage and deliver. And the other thing that they're hiring you for, and maybe as important, is to be really good to work with. Like we've all had those experiences where like, you know, you worked with a service provider and the, the thing that they did was the, the product was great, but they were just a pain in the butt to work with. And by pain in the butt, I don't mean like, you know, they were annoying or a diva or prima donna or anything like that. But like uh, if, it, if, if an event planner who's, who is working on a big event and they have a, a ton of moving pieces, if they have to follow up with you all the time to get stuff back from you, if you uh, uh, said you're going to show up at a certain time for a sound check and you're not showing up, and if you're just like not super engaged with the conference and like those type of things, they, they don't want to work with you. They don't want to refer you. They don't want to bring you back for future events. And so one of the best things you can do is to be really, really good to work with and make their life as easy as possible. Uh, and that's when an event planner is like, hey, we just worked with this speaker. They were amazing on stage and they were equally as amazing off stage. And so again, this, this type of like reaching out to an event planner to follow up with them, I get that it can feel intimidating. It, it can feel a little bit daunting, uh, but it's no different than anything else where you, you again, they have, they're not, you're not trying to convince them to have a speaker. Like they're, they're planning on hiring a speaker. You're just starting a conversation with them uh, and talking about why you may be a good fit for what they're looking for. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and so for, for people who are, going through this process and they're, they're starting to see some success. Do you, do you have some examples, maybe some stories of, of people who've got kind of gone through and really been able to use speaking, you know, as a way to grow their business or build a speaking business on their own? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, uh, I'll, I'll give you one example off the top of my head. There's a, uh, one of our, our kind of star students, so to speak. Uh, he went through our program in, I believe it was 2016 and quit his job in, I think 2019, um, wow. was very successful in the, uh, in his career was, uh, at a six figure salary. Um, and this year he was telling me uh, just yesterday, he'll make close to a million dollars, um, from, from speaking consulting. Uh, and he's just like, man, I, I, I've done the work. I've, I've followed the process. I just keep showing up. And it, it, again, it compounds. It's not an overnight process. You know, that's something that we, we want to be super, super clear with people is you can absolutely do this. There, there's, there's a, a formula and a process and, and a system to follow that we teach, but it, it's not going to be like, you know, it's kind of like just because you joined a gym doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to magically get healthy. Like it just doesn't work like that. Like they can walk you through what you need to do uh, and give you a plan, but you still have to show up and execute. And so we always tell speakers like, Hey, this is, this is simple, but it's not easy. And so uh, again, whether you want to speak full-time or uh, you just want to do a few gigs on the side, um, you can absolutely do this. I'll give you another example. There was a, um, we just did a podcast interview with this guy. Um, his name, uh, he had an all-time name, Wolf Millstone. Wolf Millstone. And so- <laughs> I want to hire uh, him to speak the, just for that. It's a great <laughs> name. And so he- um, 
he found our podcast in the fall of 2020. So kind of, you know, in the thick of the pandemic or so, uh, was Googling, how do I become a speaker? Came across the podcast. He said he listened to every single podcast and he's like, I just did what you guys told me to do. And we have at this point, we've got, we had about 400 episodes or so. He went through every single one of them, uh, executed on it. He didn't, he didn't invest in any of our training programs or he just listened to the free podcast. He's like, I did what you said. And within a year he had quit his six figure salary, uh, job and went all in on speaking and it's killing it. So again, I think it's just a matter of going like, okay, this works, but you, it's not just going to work because you, you know, listen to a podcast or you, you know, you read a book or you just click your heels together and close your eyes really tight and assume that, you know, you're going to suddenly be a speaker. Uh, so it, it, it's a matter of doing the work, but it, it does work if you're willing to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to bust your chops a little bit and say, oh, you know, come on, we all want the pill. But the, the truth of the matter is that's the really good news for most people because, maybe 10% will do the work and yeah. the rest won't, which means there's tons of opportunity if you're willing to to do just a little bit to move yourself ahead in this area. And so, um, and to me, that's always the, I always like to find things where there's all the good stuff, there's effort involved because I know yeah. that it's going to be really lonely on the other side of getting through that effort. And there's going to be tons of good stuff over there. So, um, yeah, so absolutely. I appreciate you not. Uh, and, and again, if you, if you, for someone who's saying like, hey, um, speaking is kind of fun to do every so often, you know, and if I got paid to do it, that'd be kind of cool. And they just kind of, it's kind of a hobby to them. And if you, you put in hobby uh, effort, you're going to get hobby results. And that's fine if that's what you're going for. But you can't say, how am I going to put in hobby effort and get, you know, professional results out of it? Like that, that just doesn't work. And so uh, the speakers that we see that really are successful at this, who really do well, are the ones that are like, no, I'm, I'm going to make this work and I'm going to do the work and I'm going to follow the process and I'm going to put in the effort and, and I'm going to keep showing up knowing that that's where the results come from. That's where the, uh, the, the outcome of what you're going for as a speaker comes from there. There's no, uh, like we can give you the path and the formula that you need to follow, but there's no shortcut. There is, uh, I wish there was a pill because it certainly make my life a lot simpler and just buy the pill, but like it, like anything in life, it requires work and it requires effort. Yeah, absolutely. But it's worthwhile. Um, it's certainly worthwhile. Totally. So I, I know we got limited time. We could probably talk about this for days, but um, in in the time we've got left, anything that we haven't given to the audience at this point that is really essential that they need to know. And then I want to make sure we we let them know how to go find you and all, all of your stuff, your podcast, your books, everything. Yeah. Um, so one thing we, we touched on a little bit is, again, I know that that for a lot of service-based professionals, the the win for you may come from you know a check that you got from speaking, but it could come from in a lot of different ways. And so there's kind of, I think, this misconception in the world that, that uh, speaking for free is a bad thing. Uh, but speaking for free is okay, caveat, as long as you know why you're doing it. And so like I mentioned, you know, that client that we work with who they do a lot of speaking for free that is lead gen for other parts of their business. So if you have some type of product or service, or, you know, if you are, let's say a chiropractor and you go speak at some local rotary club or a chamber of commerce event, and you pick up a couple of clients and you know that, you know, uh, annually a client's worth, you know, a thousand dollars or a couple thousand dollars, all of a sudden you look at the ROI and then like, that's pretty significant. That's pretty substantial. We also know that People do business, especially in the service-based industry, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And there's nothing that that builds that know, like, and trust factor 
faster than connecting with people in person. And so there may be people in your audience, even if you go speak at something for free, there may be an ideal client, or maybe they know of someone who is an ideal client. And so, uh, so for example, like my, my mom is not an event planner, but she may know of somebody who is. And so when someone, you know, comes across her radar of who's looking for a speaker, and if, if I'm a good fit, then she knows to recommend me. And so the same thing is true for whether you're, again, you're a chiropractor, a doctor, an attorney, a realtor, or whatever it may be, if build Building those relationships with, with, with people in your community or in your area that may be able to say, Hey, listen, I met that for the person I've seen on the billboard before I met them. They're actually a really nice person versus like, I met them. They're kind of a jerk or they were rude <laughs> or they kind of blew me off. Like they may not necessarily be uh, looking for your service right now, but they may know of someone who is. And so speaking can work really, really well for, again, just building that know, like, and trust with people uh, who may eventually become a, a, a customer or client for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, I've used it over the years to, to fuel our business along with our books and everything else that we do. Um, and it is just a great way to meet people in person when you can do it that way, but even virtually, um, has yeah. been hugely valuable. So it's, it's a great yeah. way to grow a business, particularly when what you're selling is your own expertise, because yeah. it's, you know, for people in, in, in those kinds of businesses, it's so hard to, to give a demonstration. It's not like the deli where you can hand out a slice of cheese, but if you can go speak to them, you really can give them a sense of what it would be like to work with you without having, you know, to hire you first to do that. So it's a great way. And any event that any of us uh, have been to where we're sitting in the audience and we're listening to someone up on stage speaking, whether again, that's in person or virtual, there's a certain amount of, of credibility and authority that we ascribe to that person. They're up there, they're teaching me, training something. And so there's just a, an, a level of expertise that we that we recognize within that person. Uh, and even if like maybe we didn't hear that person speak, but we just saw, oh, such and such is speaking at you know some event or conference or association or trade group or whatever it may be again, they're just like, they must know what they're talking about because they're a speaker. And so in, in our culture, uh, we, we put speakers up on pedestals. And so that is absolutely something that just from like, again, a credibility, um, uh, expertise standpoint that is really valuable in the marketplace. That person knows what they're talking about because it's, because they're a speaker on that subject. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Grant, how do people find you? Um, uh, where, where can they go find out more about what you're doing? And I know you got a ton of resources available. Yeah, everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. Uh, we have a podcast by the same name. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to a bunch of different ones. And so uh, if you're interested in this topic, definitely check out the Speaker Lab podcast. Like I said, we've got over 400 uh, episodes there. Uh, we've got the Successful Speaker book. Um, I mentioned that five-step framework, the Speaker Success Roadmap that makes that acronym speak. Uh, we kind of uh, uh, just barely touched and scratched the surface there. So a book that just goes in depth on that. Uh, again, the book is called The Successful Speaker. So yeah, if there's anything we can do to help support speakers at any level and any part of their journey, uh, feel free to, uh, to reach out, let us know, and we're, we're happy to help however we can. That's awesome. We'll link up all of that in the show notes. So folks, if you're looking for that, just look in the show notes on your podcast player, or it'll be on our website with this episode. Grant Baldwin, this is awesome. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. And um, always, always love to uh, sharpen our skills a little bit. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. 
Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.